Hello, and welcome to the latest in Nearform series of podcasts. I'm your host, Emily McDade. I'm a technology communicator, and I write about all different types of tech, from blockchain to robotics to software development. I'm really excited today to speak to my guest, Kian Omadine, co-founder and CEO of Nearform. We are planning to talk about topics ranging from inner sourcing to Node.js to whether or not Nearform has a dress code. Kian, thank you so much for being here. Could you tell us when you founded the company? Hi, Emily. Uh, yeah, I, I founded the company would have been at the very end of 2011. So you could really say I founded it in 2012. So it was December 20th, 2011 uh, that I got my uh, uh, company registration documents back from the company registrations office. And then in, in 2012, really started to uh, focus all my time on your form and, and getting it up and running. That's brilliant. And uh, it's been quite a journey since then. So we're going to get into some of that in our questions. I know that your company's reputation since its founding has in part been built on your expertise with Node.js. So it's now the ninth, sorry, the 10th anniversary of Node.js. And I'm just wondering, is this just the beginning and how has it grown through the past decade? Yeah. I mean, when, when we started, I, I had this philosophical debate with with one of the one of the other founders, where I, I I had been a classically trained computer science person, and you know, so I, I primarily worked on C plus plus and and Java, writing backend pieces of software, and um, I had come across JavaScript back in I suppose two thousand and one two thousand and two, and I'd had kind of a negative experience with JavaScript in that. Uh, the tools for writing JavaScript back in back in that back at that time were were pretty poor, and because JavaScript you know runs within the browser and it's uh, you know it's an asynchronous uh, programming model, I I've been pretty frustrated with it. And then I met met my uh, my co-founder, and he was all about uh, Node.js and writing full stack JavaScript applications, and I, I instantly was like, oh no, not that that toy language thing but you know we we um we we did an experiment uh which was we worked on a, a project which was the sunday business post so they they had a tiny budget back in 2011 uh, to rebuild their e-commerce and, and mobile uh, news experience and uh, richard and and uh, one of his friends uh, rebuilt the entire uh, experience in 12 weeks uh, like one and a half people, and and I I was I was wow. I, I was sold at that stage. I you know I can get over syntax and 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 all of those things when when you you know if you can go faster, then you can figure out the tools. Uh, I guess at a later stage, but mm. you know when when we started uh, Nearform, um, Node.js was was two years old. It was it was very hipster. As in, you know, most people were talking about it. Uh, nobody was really doing it. And the technology, I mean, with the Sunday Business Post, I think we went into production on Node 0.4. So this is like way, way, way pre kind of uh, commercial release of the technology. And so, you know, back in those days, it was a bit of a Wild West. Um, you know, there was this huge uh, number of modules published to the central package manager and uh, you really you know anything that you decided to 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 embed in your in your software you really kind of had to be quite clinical 
when looking at whether there were, you know, a good number of maintainers working on it. Uh, you know, essentially, if something isn't actively maintained or, or hasn't the signs that there's a community around it, if you use it, you need it to be prepared to maintain it yourself. But that said, we, we you know, we were able to build things really, really quickly and we were able to get to a point where we had enough revenue coming in uh, that we could pay our wages and 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 go from there. I mean, so as as the language has evolved, that community has now strengthened. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, there was an inflection point late 2013 where you know Node.js went from um, you know literally we could we could identify like on one hand uh, when we started off the number of companies who were using the technology in production. End of 2013, um, uh, we had. Uh, PayPal uh, and Walmart uh, both announced that uh, as part of their uh, transformation projects, uh, you know, Walmart are, are trying to start to become more competitive with the likes of Amazon and and various online uh, technology companies. And, and uh, PayPal had reached this kind of static uh, place in terms of their their GUI and their look and feel. Uh, it was almost like it had been frozen for like 10 years. I, I don't know if you can remember the old PayPal interface, but wasn't great <laughs> yeah yeah and and like um and so for like paypal what 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 they what they had uh, achieved from a commercial commercial point of view was very impressive but the the actual technology org had become very very um what's the word for it it, it had become a bit musty and and slow paced and stuff like that so they were having a problem hiring hiring uh, great developers they they brought in a big a big wig from Netflix who was you know involved in all of the front end engineering in Netflix and and he brought in Node.js and and full stack JavaScript into PayPal and um, that just took off like wildfire in there and uh, they became very attractive to developers then wanting to uh, you know to work in a new technology where they could express you know ideas really really quickly and get them into production and. Um, and, and and so from that point in time, you know, from kind of mid, I suppose, the beginning of 2014, you know, our phone just started to ring off the hook uh, with people who who were, you know, had we we'd clearly kind of become identified as, a, you know, an important company in the in the community around Node.js. And, and uh, you know, I, I, guess, I guess we, we, we transitioned at that point from being you know, the, the kind of potentially crazy Node.js guys to the visionaries who saw the technology before it became commercial. And, and, and you know, we, we got a lot of um, lift from that happening as a business. That's amazing. Such an interesting story to hear how a company goes from just a few people in the beginning to how many you are now, which I believe you're at around 150 employees now. Yeah, a, a bit under 150 uh yeah, I mean, it was it was literally like you know three or four people. We were we were very much bootstrapping and didn't have any financial uh, buffer whatsoever when we were starting up, and we didn't have any any funding or venture capital or any of that kind of stuff. And you know, we we had a couple of tough years. Uh, I mean, re- really, the first three to three and a half years was you know I I can remember we go into Christmas, uh, you know, Christmas normally you're you're kind of hoping to wind down and relax and. And at the founders would be going into Christmas going, you know, if we don't sell, you know, X amount of projects or 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 services in, in the next six weeks after Christmas, we're not going to be able to make payroll. You know, we, 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 we had to be pretty lean. 
and uh, efficient in everything that we did in order to stay alive. But again, that the practice of of all that stuff really served us well. Then, as as we started to to scale up a bit, like we still had that mindset, and you know, not not forgetting where you come from, especially when the times are good, is is a really important thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I believe that embracing open source as well as Node.js has been a huge part of the success of Nearform. Um, just wonder if you have any thoughts about that. Yeah. So myself, I, I, my pre- previous to Nearform, I, I, I did a startup and we were in the Microsoft ecosystem um, of technologies. And, and ultimately, like we had a core reliance on a commercial entity that we had no influence over. In, in that startup, eventually Microsoft brought the, the core technology platform to end of life that that's that's a really hard lesson to learn when you when you've bootstrapped and and really had to invest a lot of yourself for a number of years in something that that was now being effectively killed off outside of your control and um and so I, I started uh, using some open source uh, around that time um uh, some Apache projects you know when 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 we started working on Nearform and uh, started to become involved in in the actual open source community. So, you know, very early on, we set up the first Node.js uh, meetup in Dublin and then decided to set up the, the, the first European NodeConf. Really kind of fell in love, I guess, uh, with, the, with the open source community, the values of that community, and, and also the power of, you know, wh- where that uh, mindset and that way of working together on, on uh, you know, basically collaborating with people you don't know on pieces of technology that you rely upon uh, can take you. And and so, you know, the, I, I guess Nearform became known because of our involvement in the Node.js world. But actually, for, for us as a company, we, we'd see ourselves very much as an open source company because, you know, the open source methodology and philosophy is, is the right way to go about building software. And, and uh, you know, all ships rise when, when everybody contributes to something that we share. Yeah. I think open source has gone from, as you were sort of saying, something that's hipster or something that seems maybe risky to something that's completely mainstream um, and and transformational for companies. Yeah, I mean, it 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 it's not without its challenges. Um, so, I mean, open source is not a free launch. You know the 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 folks um, behind JBoss, uh, which which became a Red Hat company, came out with this like this interesting narrative uh, when they were uh, on the rise as a as an independent company about professional open source. That that kind of you know it made me scratch my head a little bit. It's like so you got this open source stuff that everybody kind of like you know puts their puts their time into, and you create something that everyone can share. But then you have an idea of professional open source. And and what does that mean? And and effectively, it's like well, if if as a a group of consumers uh, who understand the value of uh, you know open source technologies and the benefits it brings, if if we if we understand that, you know, if if we want to use that then in a in a professional context, you know, that we should try and think about maybe paying something into that community, and 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 that's that's a really interesting that's a really interesting concept. I mean, open source at this point is something that um, certainly the tech companies understand and, and contribute to. Um, we're, we're at that. We're at another inflection point, I think, around the enterprise uh, adopting open source and 
you know, starting to contribute back to the projects that they're they're getting value from. That kind of segues into some of the work we're doing around inner source uh, these days. Yeah, I wonder if you could expand on that um, because I don't. I think I don't think everybody knows yet about inner inner sourcing. I think it's still. Um, you know, people are still just learning about it, but I know that it can really transform a stale organization into yeah culture of innovation. So, uh, yeah, I mean, our, our how how we uh, came into the inner source thing, we we'd been involved with some of the folks at PayPal when they're we're doing this uh, transformation um, and getting into Node.js, and one one of the people we met uh, at PayPal by the name of Denise Cooper who had been, um, she'd been CTO at Wikipedia and involved in the original Linux kernel and, uh, you know, some really interesting things. She, she'd been the, the head of InnerSource at PayPal. And uh, as part of that uh, role, Denise um, had been com- had become involved in uh, an area called InnerSource. Um, now, InnerSource, what it, what it does is when you have large organizations that have shared pieces of software uh, the teams uh, that could be, you know, geographically uh, distributed uh, across the the open source way of working is actually a really, really good way of collaborating on these shared pieces of software and components and things. The idea with InnerSource, effectively, it's bring open source practices behind the firewall uh, and then bring those the practices about how to, you know, effectively and efficiently collaborate on shared pieces of of software. Uh, into an organization. So so Denise Cooper from PayPal joined us um, at the beginning of uh, this year. She's just written a book on InnerSource, um, which is it's basically a set of case studies on, uh, you know, PayPal, uh, Bosch, Nike, and a bunch of other big companies and how they've adopted uh, open source methodologies and, and all the benefits that they've reaped from that. But, you know, effectively uh, adopting um the inner source book of practices uh, enables organizations to spend a lot less time um, uh, working on shared components, uh, both from a developer perspective, but also from a management perspective. And um, essentially, it's like a set of design patterns for technology organizations to to collaborate more effectively. Um, so we we kind of see like a inner source as a thing we're doing, and we're you know we're helping a bunch of uh, you know bigger companies now to. To adopt inner source, it's it's like the first step on the ladder to getting those those organizations to start contributing to open source projects in a meaningful way, uh, and 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 that that's where the big future is. Uh, we we believe anyway for the open source world. If we if we can get all the consumers of open source to start contributing back, uh, you know the future is bright. Yeah, absolutely. After this podcast, we will we will put a link where people can find that book. Yeah, let's do it. And uh, actually, if the the we have a bunch of copies in the office, so uh, maybe if if folks who are listening to the podcast want to send an email, uh, maybe the first five emails we'll, we'll send you a copy of the Inner Source book. Oh, great! Yeah, I'm sure the listeners will, Hooray. will love enjoy it. Whoever gets it, <laughs> thanks for that. Um, Okay, so we've talked a little bit about how, um, you know, the foundations of the company and obviously securing customer contracts was huge for your growth trajectory. So I was looking at your customer list and Condé Nast jumped out at me because it's just such a cool 
brand, such a globally recognizable brand. Yeah. Um, how did you get an in with some of those huge media brands in the early days? If, if you're familiar with uh, Crossing the Chasm, uh, uh, Jeff was Jeffrey Moore um, wrote a book called Crossing the Chasm a good number of years ago, and he talks about the technology adoption life cycle. Um, and so with new technologies, you have like the, the really, really early adopters, uh, kind of experimenter types um, that are you know, uh, savvy enough from a technology perspective to be able to adopt technologies that aren't necessarily ready for the mass market yet. Uh, and so, you know, the, the early days of Nearform is a story of uh, the early adopters of, of Node.js. And, and I guess that, that um, you know, the, the people that were able to find Nearform were uh, the, the kind of big brain technology uh, or technologists in in some really progressive companies you know media as a as a you know as a market in general print media um you know the writing's been on the wall for for quite a number of years that you know print is going to decline and 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 the big the big uh publishers have to do something to be relevant to digital you know we we started i guess our very early days at Nearform, uh running meetups in dublin um then we started the european node conference we started becoming involved in in some of the conferences in the United States. Literally, like the you know the 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 people of of influence from Condé Nast were people that were attending some of those conferences, and and you know they they literally kind of came to us and and they were you know asking us to maybe meet them in their office in New York, and uh, we started to you know do do some small events with them. Uh, in their office, try and help them to you know get a bit more uh, visibility in the developer community in, in in their hometown and stuff like that. And and um, you know they, they did a lot of uh, work to do. So they they had a, a a new platform to build for all of their brands uh, across Condé and and then and then to actually launch and the individual brands um, on that platform. So they they hired us because they knew we were you know some of the most talented uh engineering people in that open source community and and we both helped them to build a platform and then we both helped them on top of that to launch the actual brands on top of the platform so it, it's an interesting it's it's kind of a uh, an unexpected surprise when you're like a, a tech company from the southeast of ireland and and out of like tremor and county waterford you're working on uh, Golf Digest and and Teen Vogue and and, and <laughs> publications like that. So uh, yeah, we've been working with them for. They they were really our first really serious customer in 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 the US, kind of around the beginning of uh, twenty fourteen. Wow, for any uh, small technology company to bag Condé Nast as their first American customer, that's very impressive. Yeah. Um, as you were talking there, I was just picturing their building. It's such an iconic building in Manhattan. Yeah, yeah. Number one, uh, World Trade. So actually, interestingly, they, they moved into the new World Trade Center, and um, they were the only uh, tenant in the in the World Trade Center. So they were floor 20 to 40, I believe. And just after they moved in, uh, we, we ran uh, what, what we think was the first uh, event or conference in that building, uh, which was a node, uh, we called it node day. And we were on like, the, I think the 37th floor, we had like, you know, Vogue were up, upstairs and various other media brands. And, and here's all these, uh, these like, you know, people from Waterford uh, filling up a floor off the, the New World Trade Center building, talking about a technology that we, we really tried to back and, and become a part of a couple of years before, you know. 
Um, wow. Yeah. That, that must have been one of those like pinching yourself moments. There's, there's been a lot of those moments. Um, th- thankfully, uh, you know, the, the kind of personality type that, that, that a bunch of folks at Neuroform have is like, you know, we're kind of always uh, trying to accelerate things and, um it could be a blessing and a curse like you know you're going wow that's awesome like and you're kind of you're kind of like you know hair standing up in the back of your neck thinking about this thing and then you're going right we did that what's next so it's been a quite a few of those over the years i'm sure you're all um very high achievers in the company from what i can see yeah yeah the the uh, an interesting thing actually that we we have in at nearform is this kind of um a vocational type of person that you get both with founders of companies and also with people that get involved in, in open source and, and new technologies and stuff. And, and that's a, it's a kind of like vocational core to the company has meant that we, we just have brilliant people across the board and, and, and people who, 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 who kind of want to be on a, a, a journey of discovery, you know, in their careers and, and, and really get a buzz of working with people that are like-minded and, and achieving things that they never dreamt they could have achieved, you know, uh, it's, it's quite, it's quite, um, it's quite an infectious kind of a dynamic. Yeah. Seems so from the, from where I sit, um, from the people I've spoken to. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it just seems like your employees really pour their heart and soul into it. Yeah. And I, you know, I think, I think we like, uh, it you know stuff comes from the top down like and and if if the if the founders and and the people that uh, you know who who started the business do that you know they set the example for everybody else in the business and you know uh like we're we're in that interesting place where th- there's more opportunity you know than than there are people to fulfill the opportunities and and so you know talented folk can like we we you know everybody is like everybody can make uh, really good money in their careers. So if, if you put that to one side, it's like, well, what else do you want to do in your career? And if, if, if what you want to do is you want to learn and be inspired, then, then that's, that's kind of what we offer uh, people. Yeah. And that's resulted in, um, you know, the ability to recruit talent. I think access to talent is one of the, one of the biggest hurdles for any technology company. Like we, we've, we've never used a recruiter ever. And wow. the the level of people we have in our organization are just brilliant. You know, it's, it's there are no there, there's there's nobody like hiding behind a, a desk, kind of not doing what they should be doing and stuff. Everyone is up for it, and everyone every everybody enjoys what they're doing. You know, hmm. absolutely. Um, I was curious about the name Nearform. Um, was that something brilliant or was that just oh there's not already a company called Nearform, so we're going to take that brand um uh, possibly yes to both um uh it, it it is um you know i spent a good bit of time navel gazing before setting up the company and and uh you know the, the one of the things i think that people don't understand in the world these days is that is that software is never done like you know if you if you build a if you if you build a piece of software it's not like building a uh you know a, a piece of sculpture and, and when you're finished the last like with the chisel on the last piece then there's your piece of sculpture like software is something that keeps moving all the time because it's 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 fundamentally attached to people and their behavior and 
and so software is never done and it's it's always in a state of flux and and that's where the name near form came from like we're we're always we're always like honing in on that shape that 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 is a desired state for a piece of software but it always moves hmm that's very interesting that that's where you came up with it mm. So we talked a little bit about what the company values are and the types of people that you have working for you. Mm. Um, so just a more personal question. I'm wondering if now that you're CEO of a growing, larger organization, do you still have time to sit down and actually write code yourself? No, no. <laughs> um, I haven't written code in about 10 years. Um, I, I, I sometimes think about it, though. And uh, I, I'm getting a bit closer to having a work-life balance where I, I, I can actually, you know, have have some kind of good hours in the day when I can uh, look to write code. Um, it's something that I've tried to do. But, you know, to be honest, like the last six, seven years of my life have been just about struggling, just, just about keeping all the plates spinning. So, so you know, in tandem with starting Nearform, um, I had my first child, uh, my first, uh, my daughter Rita, eight months before I started the company, and then um, I spent like five years over and back to the US, uh, kind of every second week, and uh, then we had twins, so I've got like uh, I've got twin boys at home and stuff like that, and uh, yeah, wow. co- code is just not. It's a luxury that I can't. I I, I didn't have time to afford. <laughs> But um, I, I will, I will, and uh, you know, I, I think the funny thing with Nearform is, uh, when when the people at Nearform see what a bad coder I am at this stage, they'll probably all be horrified. Well, I was just about to say, by the time you get back to it, you'll probably be coding in a completely different way. Yeah. So another question, just about your culture, I wondered whether the company has a dress code. And, um. If, if we're going to meet a customer, you know, we have to have some, uh, you know, smart casual type thing just, just because, you know, you have to respect their dress code and stuff like that. But, but, um, other than that, it's like, whatever, whatever you're comfortable in is, is fine by, by me. Yeah. One of my other questions was going to be about keeping people happy. And I think, um, it, it's already becoming obvious just in this chat about, um, you know, people's talent is the most important thing. It's not all of these other uh, silly uh, trappings of professional life, like needing to wear a suit. That's important. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, the, the the way I think about these things, we have we have a real opportunity. You know, the the, the people that live in in uh, you know the world today to be really fulfilled in our lives and work on things that we're, we're interested in working on and, uh, and and be able to spend time with our families and and all that stuff like and and you know it's like when you think about it like uh you know from the ages of whatever 20 ish to whenever whenever a person decides to retire like they're they're the prime years of your life and and you spend like you know five days a week working uh you know probably the best waking hours that you have so uh, like i mean we really have a duty to 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 try and make that as fulfilling a an experience as possible for people because you know we're all going to be we're going to we're all going to be vapor one day so it's really important that that people 
have a have an experience when they're working you know yeah and i think it only just strengthens the organization when your employees are bought in yeah to to the vision yeah i'm i'm very lucky i think that's um a really nice note to end on because i know that the the true assets of near form are its people and that that uh ethos has really come out in all of my dealings with near form um is there anything else that you'd like to leave our listeners with today? Hope everybody listening to this this uh, podcast has a nice day and uh, that this has added something to it. Perhaps if someone is listening today and they um, love the sound of Nearform, could they could they send in their CV? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Of course, you can you can send a CV to info at Nearform or careers at Nearform, and uh, yeah, yeah. If you want to want to work with a a really nice group of people who who get it and 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 want to do something new and interesting, then that that that's that's what you're you're applying to. That's great. Um, okay, well, thank you so much, Kian. Um, it was so interesting. It was it was really. Um, lovely to hear you opening up about founding the company everything from the language that you're coding in right through to your own personal life and how things um how things have gone since since the company began in 2011 2012 um so i just want to say thank you so much to you kian um and thank you to all of our listeners and please make sure you check out nearform.com there will be more podcasts in this series um we've only just kind of gotten going with our podcast series so there will be more coming um there's also a lot of really interesting blog posts on near form um so definitely check out the blog um there's everything from insights into open source to transforming the culture of an organization um so definitely check out the website and as kian mentioned um there will be recruiting information on there as well cool so thank you so much thanks very much it's a pleasure